0: You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network.
1: Hey, this is a shout out to all pharmacy owners out there. You're champions of your community during this pandemic. Your pharmacy is more important than ever before. There's a product out there I'd like you to take a look at. I'm talking about the Pen Needle UltiGuard Safe Pack. For the same copay for your patients as pen needles alone, the UltiGuard Safe Pack provides 100 premium pen needles and a sharps container all in one. When pharmacies dispense the Pen Needle UltiGuard Safe Pack, they see consistently higher revenue and higher margins. Check this product out today and let us know what you think. Go to www. Altiguard safe pack forward slash podcast. That's Altiguard safe pack forward slash podcast. You can get a free sample pack on the website. Thanks for all you do as frontline healthcare providers, and thank you for listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. Margaret Thatcher once famously said, "If you want anything said." ask a man. If you want something done, ask a woman. Neuroscientists have reported that there are innate differences in the way men and women think, but that doesn't mean men make better leaders, despite the fact that more men have secured top leadership positions. And presently, there's only 22 uh, presidents or prime ministers in the world, and about a dozen uh, women uh, hold executive Helm uh, positions in the Fortune 500 companies. And getting to that top has never been easy for a woman. The reason why I bring this up, and I want us to think about this, is that in healthcare, there are um, many roles that are held by women in leadership roles. But think of pharmacy specifically 54% of the 300,000 active pharmacists are women. And the reason why I'm bringing this up today is within our Transforming the Nation. Um, series, we're always tackling issues that are are part of our nation growing and transforming and continuing to move forward. My name is Todd Uri. I'm the founder of the Pharmacy Podcast Network, and I'm excited to continue this series with Katasha Partee-Kendrick, PharmD. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast, Katasha.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having me, Todd. So nice to finally meet you in person, I guess, virtually, right? <laughs>
1: That's right. It has to be virtual. That's what what's what's going on in these days anymore. <laughs> I can't wait to get back to a national conference where I can actually hug somebody and I know uh, and say hello and, and be in front of them and, and get drinks and go out to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> like the good old days, right? <laughs> That's right. The good old days. Well, I tell you what, um, I picked a, a right person for this because you've been involved in, in government health care for quite some time and in, in leadership roles. and, and also uh, being board certified in ambulatory care, um, being vice president of education for Toastmasters, where you're constantly in touch with people that are trying to get out of them uh, their nervousness and really reach out and network and become much more professionally um, positioned. And, and then also the, the fact that, that you're an advocate in, in, the, in the infertility sector, really understanding a woman who may want to begin a family and the pressures that are on her double what a man feels with regards to her career and what that means for her life, her family's life, and the continuing of her career, because people don't want to give up their careers and they still want to have families and everyone that works at it should be able to have both. So I want to start off with you first. Give us your background. Why did you pick to become a farm D, and uh, a little bit about yourself and and why you're part of transforming the nation today?
0: Okay. Well, um, again, thank you for having me. And a little background about myself. You know, when stories start off saying when I was five years old, that I means it's going to be a very long story. But I'm going to try <laughs> to make this as short as possible. But I honestly knew back in the ninth grade that I wanted to be a pharmacist. Um, There was um, a young lady down the street um, in my neighborhood where I grew up, and she was a pharmacist, or is a pharmacist. And I actually went to her, talking to her about pharmacy, getting all the information I could possibly get about it. And so I looked into it, and I'm from Tennessee, and the University of Tennessee had a summer program. I applied for it. I didn't get it but that's okay, right? I didn't get it, but I still knew I wanted to go into pharmacy. Even going on to the University of Tennessee for undergrad, I was a biology pre-pharm major. major. A lot of people were like, well, why did you pick biology and not chemistry? Because I love biology, I did. I love cutting up things and looking inside, but I knew I can still be pre-pharmacy. And it's funny, in pharmacy school, going going off to undergrad and being away from family, you know, I was struggling, right? I was so homesick, but I made it through undergrad and went to Xavier University in Louisiana in um, New Orleans for pharmacy school. Loved it, it was a great experience. But going into pharmacy, I always knew I wanted to do it, but actually, I knew I was going to go into the retail sector when I got done. But my very first rotation. And um, my P4 year was ambulatory care for Dr. Bailey, and that changed my life. I had no idea pharmacists were doing what we were doing at that time. You know, um, managing you know chronic diseases like diabetes and hypertension. I just fell in love with it day one, and that's when I knew this is what I wanted to do the rest of my life. And so, from there, um, decided to do a residency. Um, did two residencies. I did um did Excuse me, um specializing in ambulatory care and I still love it to this day. I still love that direct patient care and helping my patients.
1: So I always knew I wanted to be a pharmacist. Would you over there I mean you and I are are have seen things happen in our lives kind of within the same time periods and i was sharing with you the the movie nine to five with with dolly parton which was a comedy but it was really based on the theme of women taking new roles within corporate america and the respect that they were that they were demanding that they were supposed to be get they were supposed to get just because they were in business there there shouldn't have been a, a difference between the way a Professional woman was treated, and and what a professional man was was being treated, or or even having the ability to progress in their careers. So when I think of healthcare, is healthcare right from the get go a? Do you think it's a better industry to choose in being a woman because it seems like it was a natural place for a woman to lead, especially in the, in the in the healthcare realm per se or do you think it's you think that there's a it it, it's it's the same everywhere and and today versus when when you and I were younger it it definitely wasn't that way and today we still have to advance we still have changes that have to be made but healthcare specifically has that always been a stronghold for for women leadership
0: I, I believe there are still challenges for sure back then and now however um Coming into healthcare, going into pharmacy, and I had friends uh, when I was on my on my journey through pharmacy school, I had friends going to med school, females, um, as well as dental school, and we all said, hey, I want to be a dentist, or I want to be a pharmacist, or I want to be a doctor, um, and we put our minds to it and we did it, um, but again, not to say there weren't challenges there to even getting in or um, getting there and staying there, so I believe there is a choice. Um, to be made. And I think once we put our minds to it and we go through those struggles, the good and the bad days, I think on the other side, that's where we ended up. And so, but I think that healthcare is a little bit easier because you can say, hey, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a pharmacist. And then you do what you need to do to get there and continue to educate yourself. And even if you want to go into healthcare administration or if you want to stay at the clinical level, I think there are choices there for us it a little bit easier now than it was back in the day. Who
1: Who is a woman that you've looked up to in in the profession, in the professions, in healthcare, as a lawyer, as you know, any and really any woman? I some woman in your life who has really been inspiring to you as as a woman, uh, as a as a leader.
0: Okay, not in particular pharmacy, but um, I, Dr. Jordan, um, he is a dentist. She's a combat veteran. oh my goodness um, she was the first african-American female let alone female in um, the dental in a dental um department at the Houston VA and just talking with her and getting to know her and her story even coming from you know she's from Mississippi and and those struggles alone and then going into school and getting to dental school and especially going into the army being, I'm a female and being a combat veteran, cause she was, in, I believe um, Iraq is where she actually went. But listening to her story, going through healthcare and being a woman has been so inspiring because nothing stopped her. Even though she had plenty of obstacles dealing with certain things and especially being the only woman in a dental department. I mean, she had her struggles with that alone and to see her now um, still in leadership in the government sector is like awesome. So I believe she's one of my major inspirations
1: in healthcare. That's Dr. Tanya Jordan, correct? It
0: is correct. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I just read an article, we're going to have it in the show notes, where she was featured on International Women's Day of 2019, and she actually has a really good story in this article that they reference um, from the uh, United States Department of Veteran Affairs, Um, and you actually have background with the VA What's it like been being a woman working for the VA and have you ever seen a shift in your timeline there where you've seen things become uh, better uh, for women in leadership?
0: And uh, my time with the VA system started back in 2005 when I was a resident. So I was there for two years. And then also my first job, even though I worked for the St. Louis College of Pharmacy, my practice site was at the VA. Um, but again, Women in leadership wasn't odd right for me because I spot in both um, VA systems where I was where the pharmacy chief was um, female at um, VA in Arkansas and leadership over in St. Louis where women were working in many capacities um, leading pharmacy and doing a great job. But I did take a break for 10 years um, where I went into the county sector to work and no changes there. Um, I believe that working for the county hospital, I saw women and healthcare administration from the pharmacy, um, medical side, all departments at the county level, but now coming back to the um, government sector now, again, in my apartment alone, department alone, um, my pharmacy chief, my associate chief and my direct report, all three are female and they're leading our department and progressing it, um, doing a great job with it. So I believe that in the times I've been inside and out of the government, I've seen changes where women are.
1: Ladder. You know, a really interesting recent article that was published by Market Watch did a uh, study and the um, title of it was in the opinion piece and it said gender equality has taken a step backward and how can we make it right? It said women were already facing greater obstacles and the pandemic made it worse and and what was interesting in this article uh, Katisha, is when they said that it's because of the financial stress, the greatest source of stress for all employees at all income levels affects women disproportionately. Dis- <laughs> um, that's the non-pharmacist to me that can't pronounce uh, these words. Oh,
0: <laughs> 2000- we all have some words, but <laughs> me. I have some too.
1: <laughs> the 2019 Morgan uh, Stanley and Financial Health uh, Network study found that 62 percent of women experience financial stress compared to 53% of men. The research also found this financial stress affects productivity and almost four in five employees, percent who 78% who report high financial stress, say they are distracted by stress at work. So when we think of men and women, and I think of the situation where the woman is also raising her family if that is a single parent environment that has got to come to pound it by three times mm-hmm. i reference this to my own household my wife is a nurse at a maximum uh, maximum security prison of 2200 inmates all male the stories that she tells me as a nurse um some of them are pretty grotesque and and you know shocking per se and she's been there long enough where it just doesn't shock her anymore she's been there over 6 years so she's not surprised by almost anything. And when I think of the stress of our household, um, and I can see the differences of when I'm consistently doing and working in my house versus not consistently, there'll be times where I just take over and I do, you know, I'll just clean up, clean out the entire basement or do something because I get into these I get into these rotations where I do it a lot and do it really well, or I don't do it at all. I'm so inconsistent during the inconsistent times when she's working her 45 hours a week and I'm working and I'm there, I see our relationships in a completely different track than when I'm inconsistent. And it's taking that extra level of stress off and working together at it and not expecting to be told that, that my wife needs help. And that's one of the guilts that I have is she says, why do I have to, as a woman, why do I have to tell you or ask you for help when if she basically says, if I wasn't here, how would this all work? Right. And I'm like, wow, that's a really good point. But back to this article, there are women out there who have, you know, two or three, four kids that have to take care of the whole kid situation and the schooling and the remote and and then they have to work their full-time job. So mm-hmm. that says it to me that there's depth, the disproportionate scaling here probably goes back to the home being cared for by the woman. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, the, the, the man isn't, you know, present per se mm-hmm. or there to help out.
0: And, um, it's funny that you say that because is even with the without kids, I know, um, For us, um, my husband and I, we do not have kids. Um, However, just coming home and preparing meals or I meal prep on Mondays, um, I meal prep for the both of us or um, keeping the house clean, whatever it is. But when my husband takes over and say, hey, I have dinner this week or I'm gonna do this, it kind of releases some of that stress, even though because we take on as women everything we need to take care of in a household and get this done and sometimes, I do have to ask, hey, Joseph, can you help me out here? But again, there's some times that he would take the initiative and do it. And a lot of times I think just doing some things can release some of that stress on women where we're not able to take, just realize we do have help. But some of us, some women do not. And so they will have to take on, like you said, everything, including working a full-time job. And a lot of times the mindset is, I got to get it done. And so I'm going to get it done regardless if I have help or not.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Is it better to be a woman in, in a professional setting and working setting today than it was 20, 30, 40 years ago?
0: I can imagine better today. I mean, now we're, um, not to say um, the women back then weren't speaking up, but you know how things were back in the day where um, kind of invisible or were yeah. talked over in meetings and things like that just because they felt like they didn't have anything to say. But now you know we're kicking in the door and we have something to say and, we, and we're gonna make sure we're heard. Um, and, and it's respect today as well. Not to say um, it wasn't back then, but I think now we all bring something to the table. And I believe all people at this table are allowing people to speak up, um, being respected, listen to what they have to say because everybody has something to bring to the table. And it's all about respect and also this about passion. I think before we talked about passion, just yep. knowing that when you come into work every day and it's something that you love to do, that's passion. But if I come to work and I hate it and no one's listening to me, that's stress. <laughs>
1: exactly. so,
0: so, coming to work and being able to be heard and get things done, that's all in passion and making sure we're doing the best for our patients or our clients that we're trying to help. So, I think most definitely today, being heard is not a problem, but is still a struggle in some places and we still got to make sure we put our come through the window or through that door to make sure we are being heard.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So you have the ears of thousands of pharmacists right now. Some of them are jogging or, you know, preparing a meal or riding in a car, going to work, whatever it is. I want you to speak to the younger generation. I want you to speak to the male pharmacist or the male pharmacy technicians and basically give them some advice of how they can be, how they can help in not only equality, but in equity, in the equity of our positions and of our roles, and what can they do to help the progression of, of what is supposed to be today. We're not supposed to be in a situation where because you're a woman, you're at a disadvantage or because you're black, you're at a disadvantage, or because you're you know, Chinese, you're at a disadvantage. So what do you say to the younger generation, um, those males listening right now, of how they can support women in their profession? And even if it's outside of pharmacy, it doesn't have to necessarily be pharmacy.
0: I mean, being open-minded and being fair, that's important for sure. And everybody has something to bring. So it's not just men, I don't care if they're black, white or whatever color. Everyone has something to bring and everyone can make something better. But always keep going to something with an open mind, being fair and giving everyone a chance to be able to give, even if it's like, for instance, not even in healthcare, just as just, period, just be open and be fair and give someone an opportunity to speak and hear them out because you never know what you're gonna learn. Because what we learn something every day from everyone. Um, in different cultures, whatever it is. So open, being open-minded, being fair, and being kind is one of the things I always wanna make sure I'm doing. So I believe that's not just for women, for men, open mind, fair, and being kind, because everyone has something to say. And be respectful.
1: That's great, and that's awesome advice. Um, you know, Forbes did a interesting story on um, on March 29th, um, I'm gonna put this in the show notes. It says 20 women of color, medical students and graduates who matched in 2021 share uh, on soon joining the front lines. And it said as match day, uh, March uh, 19th, 2021 rolled around the national resident matching program, the NRMP uh, reported this year match was the largest in history uh, 38,106 positions were offered and a record high of 5,915 programs um, took in the occasion, uh, reaching a growth number of 16.7% in growth, um, especially over the last five years, which is really interesting. And and this is coming back to what you and I just got done saying with, I can see things are changing. I can see things are are increasing in in what we would consider fairness and the fairness of opportunities that are being created. And um, in healthcare, it just seems like to me, all of my life compared to the military and progression of women, compared to people in law that are engineers. Now, obviously I'm not in those fields, so I don't have as much exposure to it, but I do pay attention to the leadership in you know, in CEO levels who are running our Fortune 500 companies, Fortune 50 companies, and it, and it just to me, it's like healthcare is that sweet spot where we see more of that equality and equity happening. And I think it's a, I think it's almost like we get an opportunity to show the rest of the world and or the rest of business in the United States and in corporate and and running your own business and being an entrepreneur it's those leaders that are, that are, um, in healthcare and, and women in healthcare that are helping other sectors of, of our markets and, uh, other sectors of business to really kind of emulate, uh, what healthcare's stuff.
0: Hmm. You said it was a
1: fourth article? Yep. I'm going to post it in, um, in our show notes and it's this is a 20 women of uh, of color medical students and graduates who matched in 2021 share on uh, they share on soon joining the the front lines, which is once again just just amazing to see the the differences in five years of a of a 16 you know growth and difference of of that equality and in in mix of of people that have come out of of Match Day.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay
1: right around the corner it
0: was
1: last couple weeks last week yeah right <laughs> it, 20 is actually going fast i can't believe we're already into the fourth quarter i mean the second quarter <laughs> it's like holy this is
0: going by so fast
1: <laughs> exactly um so when you think of what should be taking place next in our nation to really kind of focus it on i mean we have to we have to take a pause and say that you know, um, Vice President Camila Harris is is vice president for goodness sakes. Like that's that's a big deal. Um, and I remember when, you, I don't know if you remember this, uh, but Geraldine Ferraro ran for vice president back in the 80s. I think she ran with Caucus uh, was a guy's name. They were a Democrat uh, team. I think they ran against Reagan and Bush and I remember her running and that was a big deal for me as a child. You know, I think maybe I was maybe seven or eight years old, but I remember the debates. I was always kind of tied into it because my mom and dad would watch it and seeing a woman on, on platform that had an impact on me because I'm like, Oh, wow. that's, that's something. And, and then I'll fast forward today. We, we have our, you know, female vice president. So that's, that's pretty kick-ass.
0: I know that's awesome because I mean, as a little girl, if you were seven, I'm going to say I was, I was one. No, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't remember that. However, just now I have a niece and for her to see that, you know, dream and dream bigger because nothing can stop you from, you know, going past those stars. So having um, vice president Kamala Harris, I mean, it's just, not just my niece. All little girls in in the world say, "Hey, I can dream, and I can dream big. And anything I put my mind to, I know I can do it. I know you mentioned you have four little girls, so that's limitless. So all possibilities are there, and nothing can stop them. So it's not just your kids or mine. It's just all little girls can say, "Hey, I can be vice president. You know what? Nah, I'm gonna pass. I don't be president, right? That's right." I'm gonna go a little step further, so that just makes not just even for me as a, you know, a grown a grown woman, just dreaming big and knowing that whatever you put your mind to, you can achieve anything. Every desire, every dream can happen as long as you put in that work. And you know, again, I'm a believer in prayer. Then yes, it's
1: possible. Absolutely. What can we do to sponsor future pharmacist leaders? Future pharmacist female leaders just with each other, um, you know, what do we do to, to look out for who you believe in and and get behind them? What, what can we do as a, not only as a profession, because that's very, that's very wide stance, but go, go real defined and vertical within each of our own sectors. Someone listening right now is in community pharmacy. Someone's in long-term care. They take care of our our elderly population, some in specialty, some in, you know, the health system, in hospital systems, PBMs. But what do you think we could do today to help sponsor that next or look out for that next leader um, or encourage them in in business and in healthcare?
0: And I believe that to encourage them, honestly, on a smaller scale is really mentorship because I'm really big on that. Um, I actually, the podcast, the very first podcast I did was called um, Black Girl, White Coat. And like I told um, young ladies listening to me, if you have any questions or um, anything at all, I'm always open to teaching and mentoring our pharmacists. And you don't have to be one in pharmacy school. It can be someone, um, like you said, currently working out this need to talk and see what's going on and know what's out there. Because a lot of times it, it takes just reaching out and networking to getting to know someone to know what's going on even. How i met you in clubhouse and yeah. you and giving my story and again that opened possibilities because you mentioned i think dr booth was in the clubhouse that day right. i reached out to her and talked to dr booth and had a conversation with her and that led to other things and i ended up going to a functional medicine ce i mean all that just from meeting you actually
1: well, that's cool
0: yeah it is right so just being um a mentor being open and just don't be afraid to reach out to people, you know, LinkedIn. I think we've um, talked in LinkedIn as well. So just reaching out, um, being open and being, um, don't be afraid of rejection because somebody might not have time to speak with you. But again, don't let that stop you. Go to the next person if you have questions and reach out because there's opportunities out there. You just need to know where to go. And how do you get do that by networking and reaching out and, and mentorship again I have plenty of mentors plenty of coaches that, who I speak with so I think that's important because a lot of things I've learned over the last honestly several months to invest in yourself so if you haven't done that because as pharmacists we think you know we've made it to the mountaintop once we're done with pharmacy school and <laughs> but honestly that's not the end and I think that's where I am right now right there in the middle part where I'm I'm Done the residency and I felt like I was at the mountaintop and now I'm like, okay, it's something else I want to do. There's something else pulling at my coattail. And that's when I looked into again speaking to my mentors, reaching out to people and networking. So I think that's very important to try to elevate yourself to the next level.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there the podcast I think you're referencing. I'm going to put a show note connection to that too. Um, and it's say Joshi that runs that, right? Yes yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna put a link in that I really I want to support other podcasts that are kind of driving those um, those topics because we have to we have to continuously get it out there and and doing it in a positive manner and not a negative manner because I think there's lots of power and positivity to surrounding each other and I mean I think of my daughter so Tyler is my 18 year old and she's going to be an esthetician and um, my second 18 year old Um, You know, Ashley, she wants to go into um, the veterinarian sector specifically with with birds. And Rachel is only 11. So she's a a fifth grader. And and Lola is um, my baby. She's nine years old. And the difference of personality of the four of them is absolutely amazing. It couldn't be they couldn't each of them, you know, definitely different. And it's Rachel, who's the third one that wants to get into media and get into content development and get into, you know, she's been on our podcast four times. She's come on as a, as a nine-year-old back in the day, it was two years ago where she gave her opinion on Mm -hmm. what pharmacists do. And so that encouragement, you know, what am I doing as a man in their life to encourage them not to feel that there's boundaries on them because Mm -hmm. they're a woman. And I don't think any of them, if you sat them down and interviewed them by themselves as a one-on-one, would they ever say, you know, my dad made me feel limited as a woman. And that's just not, I mean, there's couldn't be farther from what I've done to promote them because of, of, of that self-respect that I drive, not only to them as individuals, but also the self-respect that I drive based on the way I treat their mother. And I think one of the ways that I'm going to encourage people to promote equality is starting at home. So if you have kids at home, the way that you treat your spouse is really setting an interesting precedent for the rest of their lives. And believe me, I don't get along with my wife a hundred percent of the time <laughs> and we fight, but they don't see me disrespecting her. They don't see me, you know, they see me, standing up for myself or they seeing me as you should because it can't be the other way you can't be a you know a pushover because you're building confidence in your your children receive their confidence based on their perception of their mothers and their fathers even if they're not if their mother and their father isn't together or if they have a mother and a mother and a father and a father for goodness sakes there's still a, a confidence that's being set in them for the rest of their life based on how they feel with their relationship with each and the intermix of it So I have a, an ex-wife that my two daughters watch me and have seen me, you know, in conversations with, and if we have arguments, if we have disagreements, these things are happening in email form or they're happening between us on a, on a separate phone call and it's not in front of them because I don't want my daughters to ever think it's, it's okay. I don't want them to ever think I want them literally to say, I'm going to marry a guy that respects me the way that I think my father, and I saw my father respect, you know, women and respect my, my wife. So I respect their mother. So I think that when I ask you that question, I I really, you know, think we look outwardly to our profession, but we almost have to look inwardly to the way that we were acting at home too.
0: And I totally agree with that. Um, Being a girl dad, that's awesome. (laughs) girl. Overwhelming. Look, no, (laughs) but um, my dad, um, I must say it starts at home for sure. I know I went outwardly, but foundation starts right inside the home where you grow up. Um, I grew up with my grandmother in my home as well. So, all the respect and the teaching. Very important. My grandfather, the way my grandfather um treated my grandmother or my dad treated my mom, or now I can see it in my brothers and when you know their wives and their kids, that's important for me because it starts at home. It's the foundation. Everything I know, all the good in me is from the Lord and from my family, from my mom and my dad, because they instilled that in me. I want to make sure that when I talk to someone is always respectful, I'm being kind and always giving back because that was taught at home. And I most definitely
1: agree with that. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm I'm really excited that you got to participate today, and I think we need to stay in in touch and and have you return and and jump on another topic because these, all of these topics are are so important to kind of drive, um, not only as as professionals in pharmacy, but just in general, and that's why I we have transforming the nation is because I believe pharmacists can change more than the provider status or or pvm reform or or drug prices or or better better medication management i think we can drive you know cultural change as well
0: we're leaders not just in healthcare. we're leaders in every part of life and i feel like pharmacists can always be the driving force to make a change i always believe and i truly believe that
1: absolutely well it's been an honor to be talking with you today and, and sharing in these ideas. I want the, the listeners to also understand, um, that you have an opportunity, um, to make an impact by sharing, um, sharing these podcasts, sharing the, 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 in the comments. We are, we're so active on social media. So definitely connect with, with myself and, in Katasha, um, I'm going to have your um, links to uh, different places that people can can reach out to uh, through LinkedIn and, and even places like Instagram and, and Twitter if you have it. But, um, Katosh, I, I really appreciate you being here today and sharing.
0: Well, thank you so much for having me, Todd. I mean, it's so nice to meet you virtually. And like you said, hopefully we can get a chance to see each other, get a hug, a real yeah. hug, like the good old days. But thank you so much for having me, and I would love to come
1: back. You're awesome. Absolutely. You are too. You're the pharmacist. So you're my hero. Thank you so much. And uh, with that, we are wrapping up today. Please, like I said, go to, um, to iTunes, go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, subscribe, um, share our podcast with other uh, pharmacist leaders, uh, pharmacy technicians, pharmacy professionals. And as always, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to the Pharmacy Podcast.